now listening to the 100% Elite Podcast. Welcome to 100% Elite. I am your host, Jeff Engler, and this is episode 43. Now, I'm joined here once again by my co-host, Mr. Zach Preston, a.k.a. Freshly Squeezed Orange Zachity. What's up, buddy? Hello there, Jeffrey. Good to see you. Ladies and gentlemen, good to talk to you for another week. Oh, yeah. It has been another great week of AEW content in the books. Uh, Dynamite was amazing. We had some good stuff to talk about. Uh, But before we get into that or into dark, let's get right into some news. Zach, you have all the news. (laughs) I do have all the news, Jeffrey, this week. It's been a relatively slow week, but uh, some really interesting pieces of news. Um, the first one that came out that I wanted to talk about was uh, Kurt Angle being announced for the Jericho Cruise. So uh, you would assume that uh, Kurt Angle has officially um, distanced himself from all future WWE programming now that he's uh, going to appear on that cruise, which, um, you know, I mean, to hell with them. You know, they were part of the reason that he, uh, you know, their lack of, medical i don't know <laughs> desires or, or really care in that matter really led to him having his his problems i think that uh he an pushed early intervention himself. really could have helped him yeah he pushed himself a lot but that that he, grind he, too he did he he did yeah you're right they the, the grind to keep performing like the pressure that they put on their performers and you know the lack of any intervention i think really helped him spiral what do you think mm-hmm. on that yeah i it it was sad to see too because if he lost TV time, then it's like he lost his spot his spot there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they do that to people all the time. So it it makes these people push for that limelight, even though they're hurt. I mean, there's some of the younger talent that do it now. They wrestle right. hurt it, all the time. Right, and and he came at a weird time where it was like in between The Rock and Stone Cold, and then like John Cena, and they were Triple H, and they were really looking for like those next superstars that we're going to, as Vince says, grab the brass ring, you know, and, and Kurt definitely felt that pressure, but I'm really happy to see that he's going to be on the cruise. Oh yeah. Um, they didn't really announce in what capacity, as far as I saw, whether it's going to be Hopefully. an actual, they're not going to be a match. No, hey, man. he's broken. WWE, <laughs> WWE had him in the ring. So I think the guy still wants to perform, but even if it was just like for a quick cameo, good get for Jericho there. Um, the second piece of uh, news I have actually on, on Arn Anderson's podcast, um he was talking about the interestingly enough the anonymous gm role that was going on in wwe a long time ago um and it was just a really interesting insight uh as to how big of a shit show it is over there he he kind of revealed that there was actually no plans to ever do a revelation the creative team had just kind of run out of ideas and we're just doing this anonymous gm spot with no with no end in sight with no future plans which like i said the big takeaway i got from that was that again across the pond? They're just running a shit show over there. So um, just a really interesting listen, uh, kind of insight onto the WWE creative side or lack thereof creative side, if you will. So um, that's about it for this week. A, a relatively slow week, other than the actual in-ring content, which we're going to get to, right? Oh yeah, let's get right into dark this week. Uh, it started off with Kenzie Page versus Brandy Rhodes. Uh, Brandy Rhodes only coming out with Dustin. Uh, no Alley. Mm-hmm. No tag team partners anymore. It's kind of strange. Uh, we haven't really seen Allie in a while, actually. Uh, I don't know if she's going to stay with QT Marshall because 
did we see Allie later on in Dark? I don't think so with John Silver. So um, I do like here that Kenzie Page changed up her look so she stopped getting mm-hmm. confused with Danny Jordan and every <laughs> other girl that just wears pink and black. Um, and she looked more vicious, man. She really was laying in shots. I think she was playing the heel here, and that's why. But um, this match was all right, man. Uh, I mean, obviously, Brandy Rhodes still being new, still being pretty green. So uh, as good as she looked, um, there was some sloppy stuff. Obviously, a stunner, but she's got this new running knee. Um, yeah, it was a cool match. I, that running <laughs> knee looked brutal. Um, but neither competitor looked like they were ready to take the reins in this match. It was a really interesting match. Like you said, Brandy looking really green here. Mm-hmm. Kenzie Page looked okay. Um, she definitely has a future. Uh, shot of Brandy uh, by Rhodes for you know for the one two three. A uh, real interesting thing about the um, aftermath of the match was Anna Jay uh, coming down to take out Brandy. Uh, Red Velvet making the save there, which obviously in my mind leads to a future tag team uh, match between Kenzie Page and Anna Jay uh, versus Brandy and Scar. Um, uh, red velvet there so uh or maybe I know you got a little bit tripped up there yeah like, something popped up on my screen and i was like what is going on um but yeah that running knee from brandy was uh it's called the shot of brandy now so we got that mm-hmm. uh her nice little finisher but i think it's going to be anna jay and tay conti versus red velvet and brandy Rhodes because tay conti's trying you know she's trying to recruit her anna jay is mm-hmm. for the dark order so um, hopefully that that's a bigger story, but I like how they're putting red velvet into a storyline. So maybe she might get that, you know, red velvet is all elite, uh, nice little stamp on her resume. <laughs> we love, we love that graphic, but it was, a, it was a nice little match. Um, I'm never one to start off any sort of program with like a barn burner of a match. Cause I think every wrestler wants to do it, but it's really hard to follow up a show. So nice little primer to get us going for the night. Uh, the second mm-hmm. match of the evening was Jurassic express. Uh, versus Ray Rosas and uh, Eric Watts. Um, again, one of these matches you go into, like, who are these other two dudes? Yeah. I mean, I would <laughs> I would assume that uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus uh, are going to win this match. This match actually ended up being a little bit more competitive than I thought it was going to be going into it. Um, this uh, Eric Watts dude looked really good. I mean, he went toe-to-toe with Luchasaurus for a little bit at the near the end of this match, and and I wouldn't say look too terribly out of place. Not, not by far the sloppiest performance that I'd seen on AEW this week. Um, there was nothing uh, too crazy about this match. Again, it just is really a good match. It shows you how Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy are really, really good tag team together. Um, of course, they're taking the win here with the uh, the cutter combo. I don't know if they've got a, mo- a name for that move yet. But, they uh, do. I just I don't remember what it is. I'm sure if I look back, uh, I could probably it's something with extinction something something like that mm-hmm. i just can't remember and excalibur hasn't said it in a while so right. <laughs> there's too many names to keep up with um uh, but yeah uh, it, this was what it was padding padding a uh, a nice resume so they're nine and what now nine and something they're I moving up the there record. that's all they are yeah padding their yeah. record so yeah th- you would and you would you would think that logically there's going to be uh, you know, more face teams that are going to need to climb the rankings to mm-hmm. face FTR. Uh, you know, they got the best friends match, which we'll get into later uh, coming next week. So after this, we had Jericho, uh, like his little promo for this 30 years of Jericho, which pretty much wasn't a promo on himself. This was more a uh, Luther like, <laughs> like uh, it was almost like a, 
I know we're supposed to boost him up, but it was almost like, hey, guys, please stop shitting on my friend. <laughs> <laughs> he was talking directly to us, uh, right? Yeah, exactly. He was like, he's not Uncle Fester, okay? He's Luther, Dr. Luther, whatever you want. Um, yeah, I... He made me care for a little bit, and then we saw the match actually happen, and uh, we'll so we'll get into, get into that. that later. I got I got many notes on that. God. Um, so, yeah, uh, we get into this Lee Johnson, Anthony Bowens versus the Chaos Project. Um, I thought Lee Johnson was getting a win here, man. I thought if you wouldn't have known about this, like uh, this thing coming up with Jericho and how he's been teaming with Serpentico – for a while, if this was just these teams put up together, I'd be like, wow, Lee Johnson, he's going over finally. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Luther and uh, Serpentico get this win off there. I don't know what their tag team's called, but it's like the the Meteora with the, um, what is it, a face slam? He like picks yeah. him up like he's like hugging him almost, right? Yeah, yeah. And he, they try to pull it there. Well, we see it again later on in the week. We'll just go there. It's a really weird finisher, um, <laughs> especially if not executed properly. It just looks super sloppy. But yep. uh, yeah, this was definitely a match going in, into it. You're like, okay, they're clearly trying to build the credibility of Chaos Project going into this match uh, against Jericho and, and Hager, which, by the way, is the relatively the biggest match of either Luther or Serpentico's career to this point. Um, oh, yeah. Coming on Dynamite later in the week. So not surprised to see him get the win here. Uh, not surprised to see it over quote-unquote enhancement talent, even though we both have, have mad love for Lee Johnson and we're just give. Why can't we just give Lee a chance? Come on, guys. <laughs> we need to get him a win here. But like Jeff said, Chaos Project getting the win here. Um, we moved we moved on after that match to uh, the uh, lightning in a bottle, Will Hobbs versus Ryzen. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like Ryzen. I don't know if, if a lot of people do. I just I think there's nothing special about this dude. Nope. Except for me. I love Z's. He's got a Z in his name. But uh, <laughs> I love Will Hobbs. Um, this is another match that suffered from clearly they're trying to build credibility for a competitor before their next big match. We know tomorrow night on Dynamite, we were going to see uh, Will Hobbs uh, versus Brian Cage for the FTW championship, which was announced. So you anticipate Will Hobbs is going to come in here and get the win to to make him look bigger and badder and to just get you fresh, uh, get him fresh in your mind for this match. Um, you know, he hits, so he hits that, you know, so just a really big spine buster. I don't think they're calling it anything. The will uh, different. Uh, than wait that. a minute. It's called uh shit. The last and will Testament last oh, will, last will, last will and Testament. Yep. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, it's You know what? To me, to me, it's hard to see as a finisher because a lot of people, a la like uh, triple H, the rock, you know, you utilize the spine buster as like a precursor to their finisher. Yep. So I think visually seeing it as a finisher is a little bit strange. Same thing with like Braun Strowman and WWE using that running power slams. Like I've seen a million power slams in my life and you're the only dude that mm-hmm. gets a pin from it. So Will Hobbs getting the win here. What'd you like about this? Uh, he did kind of like a tour of the islands kind of thing. Did you see that? It, it was pretty dope. Uh, it reminded me like, hey, Je- where's Jeff Cobb? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I liked Will Hobbs, man. Uh, I like this ring gear a lot better than what he wore against Brian Cage. That's for sure. Um, he's a powerhouse, man. He really is. That spine buster is huge. I'd rather him use that Oklahoma stampede 
to finish people off. But I think he was showing his brute force strength on defeating like just an enhancement guy with his signature move instead of his finisher. So right. kind of like how we've seen kinda Kenny like, use the V trigger to win, so on and so forth. Yeah, and Stark's using that spear and the Rochambeau to pick up wins. We've talked yep. about this in the past. And they're all good about that. I mean, Hikaru Shida sometimes gets the Falcon Arrow, sometimes it's the running knee. Yeah. It, it, see, that's many, why I think it's going to be Oklahoma Stampede because that's what they are saying yeah. he's going to be using as his finisher. JR uh, was going to be happy about it. He he still hasn't seen it yet. Uh, but all in all, it was it was an okay match. That rising guy just he just needs to change the whole fucking gimmick. I mean, he's got mm-hmm. some good moves and stuff like that, but it's just too loud. It really is. And I know that's weird coming from pro wrestling, but the guy doesn't have the charisma to catch up to the character. You know what I mean? He he just doesn't. He's yeah. not there yet, in my opinion. Uh, I might be wrong, but I don't know. Uh, Eddie Kingston uh, cut a promo on Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. Uh, for the Lucha Bros, though, uh, this wasn't really for him going against them. So uh, this is kind of nice, man. We'll get to hear Eddie Kingston cut promos for people who can't really talk, can't really cut promos, because we've heard the Lucha Bros cut promos, and they're in Spanish. So <laughs> I like that Look, Eddie I'm, Kingston. I'm cool with he- I'm cool with heels using a different language for their promos. Yeah, but sometimes they didn't have subtitles at the <laughs> bottom of the screen, yeah. so you really don't know what they're saying, especially like All Out, Who the knows? first All Out. I think the live feed didn't have any subtitles at all when they were saying stuff. So, and, and like when they're talking on screen, I would just like some closed captioning to appear, like just mm-hmm. something to where I know exactly what they're saying because I don't know Spanish. I really don't. No, it makes sense. Um, But yeah, good promo. Uh, do you want to go right into the next match? Yeah, man. Um, I, it's <laughs> from there. We moved into, uh, the John Marshall or John Silver versus QT Marshall match. Um, I think John Silver looks a little bit like Stu Grayson. I don't know if it's just like the beard and bald head thing, but that's exactly uh, what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's a visually similar thing. Um, this by far was, in my opinion, the best match of the night, uh, so far it was a really competitive match. Um, like you said, we did not see Allie with QT Marshall. Didn't we? No, she was, I don't think so. No, she was. So maybe, uh, maybe the blades, uh, getting his uh, house in order like <laughs> yeah. Eddie Kingston <laughs> or, or <laughs> recommended that he do um taking a really good match top, what's that I said or just taking his wife back <laughs> uh, who knows weird <laughs> it was it, he hasn't uh, expound on that since then so again a really solid match nothing stood out to me in this match um you know evil uno getting involved in the middle of this match there's some dark dark order shenanigans you know we've been seeing this dark order um nightmare collective uh storyline play out for quite a bit of time at this point um you know who knows i tomorrow night on dynamite we're, we you know we'll see uh the dog collar match for the tnt title um does this feud end after that do nightmare collective and dark order go their separate ways it seems like on a weekly basis almost at least on one of the nights we're seeing some semblance of a dark order versus a member of the nightmare collective so to me it's it's family yeah, and our nightmare family. And to me, it's just <laughs> the nightmare collective was horrible. <laughs> was right. That was that. That was that female group that Brandy oh, yeah. was trying to do. Um, interchangeable, nonetheless. Um, so to me, this 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 did kind of get caught up in the monotony of that storyline. Um, although the thing that really surprised me was John Silver picking up the singles win here. Yeah. Um, he hits. Yeah. He hits that spinning like sit out power, power bomb, bomb dude. slam. That was fucking. I'm not cool. sure. 
I like it was his cool. And, and you know what? He's not John Silver's like not a small dude, but he's not a big dude. So that was like a nice, powerful move to see him hit there. Um, you know, five and ten come in, they get the diamond cutters. Uh, you know, at the very end of this match before that finisher. So John Silver picking up the win, a decent little match. But like I said, you know, just kind of gets caught up in the monotony of the storyline. What'd you have on it? Yeah, pr- pretty much the same thing. Like, why are they still going? Like, where is this going? What is going on? Because, uh, you know, Matt Cardona, Scorpio Sky already helped them defeat the Dark Order. This was supposed to be done mm-hmm. and over with. Let's move on. You can't really do much more than this. But now the the minions are now defeating the Nightmare Collective. Like, their Nightmare or the Natural Nightmare, whatever I got called. you. Yeah. Nightmare Collective, God, Nightmare Family. threw me off. <laughs> uh but john silver man looking like a little wolverine out there um did he have the mask on i forget i think he put he it on he did not come out with the mask on he um, puts it on right get rid of the fucking mask get rid of the masks i like being able to see your expressions and do it all i think they would have a bigger limelight if they just get rid of the masks they already have the dark order gear and he has the t-shirt on stuff like that just don't wear the masks anymore I know, uh, did Reynolds come out? When did he come out? He came out later, but... That's when, okay, I'm mixing up the two. Yeah, and like I said, Evil Uno was out there. Are they, was he wearing his own shirt? They call Dark Order's recruitment specialist. Is that what that said? Yeah, from BTE. I've never seen, have you seen that shirt before? Uh, Yeah, they wear it on BTE a lot. Do they? Yeah, especially when they're trying to recruit people. Yeah, I don't follow, I don't follow BT unfortunately as much as I would like to, but uh, I loved that shirt. I thought it was hysterical. They're starting to put really good storylines on there and Brandy Brandon Cutler just like pulled out a BTE title belt. So, yeah. we're going to have to we're going to have to follow another show with another Are we another just, Yeah, we're going to have to have another segment. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh if they start defending it on dark or on dynamite yeah. we might have to i don't know hey we could do a, yeah we could do a social media recap se- uh segment who knows i don't know that's a lot <laughs> it is uh, a lot there's next... a lot to take it's a lot to keep up with I know. um but but yeah. that's why we love it i mean they're giving us better content than wwe has given us in a long time oh yeah they're utilizing... have, they have a lot of screen time yeah all forms of social media all, all sorts of stuff uh, you know, all the third uh, party stuff like Twitch and uh, cameos, and they're allowed to make money using their likeness, mm. which is a big deal for these these independent contractors. They barely get I mean, they get some merch money, but the WWE takes a lot of the merch money. And I mean, are they selling merch right now? Is the WWE selling merch because they don't even get to plug their own T-shirts half the time when they do these like big five on five matches they have to like wear which brand they're on and like stupid shit like that like it's not like i don't know it's weird next match was david ali and uh cesar bononi versus griff garrison and brian pillman jr uh boys yeah this was this was pretty good man the new hollywood blondes uh so uh, talk to me about brian pillman jr man because I guess you're saying he's going back to MLW. He never really yeah, left. He never really left. I know he was trying to get his release, and there were reports of like a tenuous, a tense, whatever you want to call it, relationship. Um, it was reported earlier in September 
um, like a month ago or so that uh, he was going to be returning to MLW. And uh, I've not seen any refutes to that report. He never, ever got out of contract. Like you just stated before. Um, So, you know, who knows if, if when they're ready to come back post, you know, post COVID or during COVID, whatever their plans are, um, if maybe he'll pull double duty, if he goes back to MLW long-term, but he certainly has made a name for himself (laughs) on here. So Hopefully he just waits it out, man, comes back. Because yeah. I'm sure they wanted him and just couldn't pull the trigger because of his contract, like, bullshit that you? he's in. Dude, this this dude is the fu- is one of the futures of the wrestling industry if he stays with it. Like, no oh, doubt. Yeah. First of all, he's got the look. That mullet is just beautiful mullet. <laughs> um, he he really cares about what he does in the ring, and you can tell. Like, he's, mm-hmm. he's not a guy that's – you know, resting on his, his uh, family's name, as you discussed, you know, he wanted to start at the bottom, yep. um, you know, months ago when he came in and we had talked about that. So uh, this is a guy who's young and he's the future of wrestling. So anybody would be lucky to have him. I'm not surprised MLW wanted to keep him. But uh, interestingly enough here, we got into this match. I know you'll talk about this match in a second, um, but a really damn good match for the Hollywood Blondes. They have been putting on good matches and Griff Garrison had that awesome singles match um, earlier as well. Ryan Pillman Jr. has been looking good week after week after week. And to this week, they finally, finally, finally pick up their first win. Uh, Pillman getting the win, uh, hitting that springboard lariat off the top rope. One, two, three. And these guys, you could genuinely tell how happy they were. Mm-hmm. Like the look on their faces when they got that win. And that's just like, for me, I'm just like, finally. Like, yes, like such a well-deserved win. Like um so anyway like nothing nothing hugely great like any huge spots in this match that like floored me but just look i mean these two both of these young guys griff garrison and brian pillman jr have a huge huge leg up on a lot of other younger competition and definitely i think have bright futures in this industry i like griff garrison too man i think he looks great he really does i miss the gold boots though gold boots or wait a minute that wasn't him is that another guy that uses gold boots I'm not sure. I don't pay attention to boots like you. Oh, dude. There was one guy that wore fucking like bright, shiny gold boots. It was, I think it's Griff Garrison. I think he got rid of them. I don't know. Either way. Uh, yeah, this was a good match. Solid win for them for sure. Um, we next have Skylar Moore versus Big Swole. Uh, Big Swole wearing that storm gear, man. That storm gear. I, I like when they mix uh, superhero characters into their gear. Um, and this was this was uh you know just padding her record pretty much, uh, Skylar Moore really not getting a, a leg up on Swole, uh, Swole hitting that headbutt to the chest, uh, she gets uh, the dirty dancing for the win, uh, pretty clean cut there, uh, for her match that will be on uh, Dynamite. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we got a lot of big Swole stuff coming up. So, yeah. uh, like you said, cool cool ass gear, but. Uh, yeah, this match didn't do it for me. No. Um, again, one of those matches, the ending was never in doubt. Um, like, you hit the notes on the match. Dirty Dancing for the win. Um, Matt Seidel, video package, calling out uh, your boy Michael Naka. Naka, Naka, Zawa. For putting baby oil on the turnbuckle. That made him slip and all that good stuff. Really good storyline continuity. We've talked about that with this mm-hmm. brand. Like, they are so willing to call audibles at any time based on like the actual outcome because it is a living, breathing art. You know, it's not just like, Hey, here's one thing and go out and do it. It's like little things come, you know, come up in the match. Like 
you know, the dog collar match that we'll end up talking about. There was a weird spot where there was a super kick missed and, and the space was given to hit the super kick again after that. So they really, really allow their performers to call audibles on the fly. So again, good storyline continuity. Um, we move right into that match. Uh, <laughs> again, storyline continuity, baby oil all over the top turnbuckle, right to start off the match by Nakazawa. Um, you know, pretty much we, this exactly what happened, what we thought was going to happen. Matt Seidel just dominating Michael Nakazawa. He uh, got that Cobra club. He got the pan. He got the, the underwear in the face though. Yeah. How do you it come was back? A nice from little that? Com- <laughs> <laughs> it's, is is Nakazawa just going to be this comedy person from now on? I don't I don't understand what his role with the company is. You know, uh, yeah, I don't you know. know. Pretty much what he hangs out for about sixty seconds in this match, and then gets that Cobra Clutch and loses. Well, Michael Nakazawa is actually a decent fucking wrestler, man. If you if you look, I mean, uh, he had a, a couple good or he had a couple good moves here, uh, that big backdrop and stuff like that. If he got rid of this fucking weird ass gimmick. And kind of got just a little bit more serious. Maybe he just, you know, decides no more thong wearing, no more baby oil wearing, put on some pants. So we just don't see that shit anymore. Uh, He actually has a really good ground base for wrestling. I mean, look, his best friend is Kenny Omega. I'm sure some of that has to rub off on him. I should stop saying that. Uh (laughs) You wanted uh, to rub one off on him? I don't understand what just happened, but uh, that Russian leg sweep into a submission kind of thing, it it was a really weird way to get into that, but it looked uh, pretty good after you know him picking up the win. I wish he would have won with a shooting star press because uh, that's what he was going to do to Will Hobbs and slipped and fell. So uh, let's, let's hope we get to see a, a big, huge shooting star press from Matt Seidel here soon. Uh, but after that, we had Mbadu versus Eddie Kingston. Now, this was very swift, very short, sweet, big chops, huge power slam by Mbadu, uh, and then a nice fucking kitchen sink from Eddie Kingston. Um, spinning back fist, man, and then him pulling up on the two and pointing at the camera and then uh, putting a Kimura arm lock for, for the win here. And hitting a slight little promo towards Mox saying, you know, you never, I never tapped out. You're going to be my bitch. Like shit like that, that we expect from Eddie Kingston. I mean, he is the king of promos right now besides Cody Rhodes um, and MJF. Um, maybe Mox. Uh, <laughs> but spinning back fist, man. I wish he would come up with a, a, something a little bit more devastating because you can see that he opens his hand at the end. Like you can, you can tell, I don't know. I just wish he had a more devastating looking finisher to where he looks mean, vicious. You know what I mean? Something that really says, holy shit. Uh, what'd you have on this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything <laughs> you just said. <laughs> a short, sweet match. Um, every, like, I, I think I said this last week, every time I hear Mbadu, I think of Mbaku. So I always think of, uh, Black Panther when I hear him come out. Um, obviously, Eddie Kingston's going to continue being built here. It seems like inevitable that they're going to clash again, Moxley and Ed Kingston, that is. Um, which I'm down to see. They beat the shit. Actually, they beat the shit out of each other, but I would venture to say that Kingston beat the fucking shit out of Moxley in that match. Hey, good glasses. Um, 
I I really do. I think uh, I think Kingston was hitting harder on Moxley. I think Kingston uh, wrestled a damn fine match, and that match could have gone either way. So uh, that was the story it was meant to tell. So I'm really excited to see them clash again. Like I said, seems like they inevitably will, and I think we can expect to see Eddie Kingston continue to be built up until that happens. He's not he's not going to lose before facing Moxley again. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So good little promo afterward, like you said. Um, after that, we see a backstage segment with uh, Bad Romance, or I think I'm still the only one in the world calling them <laughs> yeah, Bad Romance. It's just Sonny and Joey. Um, yeah, saying they have no fear and that they need a win and to get back in the rankings and all that good stuff. But and I'm kind of over that tag team at this point. So yeah, they're going to bounce really back any... like Sonny's ass. Uh, a lot of <laughs> ass on that, man. Uh, man. Um, <laughs> so that, from there next, we had the captain, Sean Dean. Versus on Helico of the Hybrid Two, and he was with Jack Evans, of course, his tag team partner. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew that they had a match coming up on Dynamite, and unfortunately, to this point, the captain has been, you know, relatively an enhancement talent. So, uh, I to kinda be sad. honest with you, what's that? I said it's kind of sad because I think he's got what it takes, man. He he's got great moves. I mean, just in this match alone, he had a huge drop kick, uh, a big German suplex. Um, you know, but this technician specialist that Angelico is, man, I guess that's why they're the hybrid too. Uh, you got him being a, you know, technician in that way, and Jack Evans being this high flying luchador. They do make a really good tag team, and I wish they were utilized not just as like an enhancement tag team. You know what I mean? Because that's what they. Uh, I've got some notes on them from Dynamite that we'll go over <laughs> for sure. Slop, uh, slop, slop city in that match. Yeah, uh, for sure. But. I think I think it's also the heat though. We'll talk we'll mm-hmm. talk about that later. Um yeah. anyways, uh this match really ended with this it's like a reverse sharpshooter ankle lock, man. This this leg lock that he put on him or like a figure 4, man. It was kind of awkward looking. But mm-hmm. all in all, he got the win with it. So that's all that matters. Yeah, I got yeah, I got nothing more on this match again. I expected on Helico to go over knowing that the hybrid two were going on dynamite and they've just been disrespecting Sean Dean on dark for a long time. Mm-hmm. Why can't we just give <laughs> Dean a chance? See, I can keep using that. Oh God. Let's just move on to this last match. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We had a, uh, uh, Penta and Ray Phoenix, Lucha bros versus sunny kiss and Joey Janela, AKA bad romance. According to the freshly squeezed, um, Look, man, I love Lucha Bros. So anytime that they're in a match, like, I'm all about it, dude. They're just so fucking hard-hitting. They're just so ruthless in the ring, like, every time. And they seriously are the, in my opinion, I know you're a Bucks fan, but Lucha Bros are the most crisp tag team in the world right now. These guys just trust each other inherently, and you can tell it comes out in the ring. This match was no different. Penta's a fucking hoss too, dude. Oh, I dude, love this guy. Amazing. I can't wait until they give him a chance at a singles run in AEW because that dude just deserves it. He's he has busted his ass for a long fucking time in this business. But uh, like I said, th- in my opinion, as far as like a legit tag team, I think Luch Bros are the best tag team in the world right now. I prefer watching their matches to any other tag team right now, um, and it was just fun to see him kick ass here. Um, Joey Janela, you know, he got a little bit in. I. Again, he and Sonny Kiss were not not even close to the stars <laughs> of this match, uh, to yeah. be honest with you. I understand what they're trying to do with them, but 
I mean, look, this is all about Lucha Bros. I uh, got that assisted package pile driver for the win. One, two, three for the Lucha Bros. What'd you have on it? Yeah, pretty much double super kick and Lucha driver for the win, man. That's pretty much what I had on this. Uh, obviously, Pentagon Jr., he's amazing. I love mm-hmm. watching all of you got to watch some of his uh, Lucha Underground matches, man. They're sick. Mm-hmm. He literally broke people's arms like every match for a while. <laughs> and yeah, then, I've given some. I've given some Penta homework out before. I'm I'm very familiar with his work. Oh yeah. Once I he's... saw his first match that I ever saw Penta wrestle, I was obsessed. I was like, I gotta see more of this dude. Oh yeah. I, I see. I wish if Ray Phoenix and him want to stick around like longer. Bring back that mm-hmm. face paint for Ray Phoenix too, because they looked like just evil fucking monsters yeah. man they it looked super slick but very like dia de la muerte yeah dia de las muertes you know what's it's if 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 i was if i could have a perfect world i think it would be awesome if they had like a light heavyweight division and for whatever reason you have both of them as the individual champions and the tag champs i think that'd be a cool storyline them running aew because they're both super fucking phenomenal and oh yeah phenomenal in the ring and we just we gotta figure out a way to like get these guys back in the main event scene somehow. I like mm-hmm. their partnership with Kingston. Um, but, you know, where's that going to lead to? We'll see. Uh, but overall, a strong dark. Um, I think uh, I think it's time to – we got a couple things to move into. We've got our Jericho top fives. and uh, Let's get right three. into the official <laughs> homework of the week. We'll work on that timing, man. <laughs> I pressed the button. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, yeah, you committed. I did. Uh <laughs> My homework is uh, Jericho related. It is uh, RVD versus Jericho, Unforgiven. Oh, I watched that match just recently. What's yours? Yeah, um, my it's actually uh, I'm cheating too. I watched a lot of Jericho because we had talked about our Jericho top fives, um, and we're gonna get into our Jericho top fives right after this. But number five on my list, and also the homework for this week is Chris Jericho versus Chris Benoit from Royal Rumble 2001 in 2001 was and going back and looking up Jericho and like watching old Jericho matches and promos like 2001 was his the year of Jericho mm-hmm. was like definitely the breakout year he had so many awesome matches that year well uh let's get into our top fives um I don't know if, what kind of contest we would do with these so maybe we'll figure something out that's a little bit more contesty uh but it is celebrating 30 years of chris jericho so um let's just start this off we'll go one by one by one uh my top chris jericho match uh just in my opinion go number five or the top match go down go down like top first and then go down no go fifth 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 favorite then down to first favorite oh uh my fifth favorite is actually the first time that i saw Chris Jericho. It was uh, Jericho versus Cactus Jack uh, in ECW. Uh, pretty old mm-hmm. match. Um, this was before his Raw debut and stuff like that. This is one of these random matches that I just saw and it, it it's not it's not the best match. Like the Blue Meanies in it. Like it's just, it's weird. Uh, but it's just one of my uh, memories of Chris Jericho. So that's number five. Mm-hmm. What's yours? Yeah. And as I said earlier for the homework, uh, my number five was Chris Jericho versus Chris Benoit, Royal Rumble 01. Uh, I think a lot of people are, for whatever reason, leery to watch Chris Benoit matches. you got to be able to separate the art from the artist. This is just a phenomenal match between two just, I mean, young competitors that were just willing to give it their all. 
um, at the time that they both were chasing main event superstardom, if you will. So a really fucking solid match. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that was Jericho versus Ben Wall and Royal Rumble 2001. So um, I'll go ahead and give you my fourth here real quick, and then we'll bounce it back to you. Um, a lot of people have this really, really like this match, and they're high on the Jericho list. But uh, Jericho versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 2003 um, is a really, really. I think it was ni- I think it was WrestleMania 19. Um, a really, really solid match. Again, a lot of people say it's some of Chris Jericho's finest work. Shawn Michaels still, still being able to do it um, back in 2003 before he got too old for this. They just put on an absolute like technical clinic. Uh, you know, you would expect nothing less um, from those pairings. You know, they had a, had a couple great matches uh, in their series that they did. I think, I think they had a match at Unforgiven, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that was a phenomenal match as well. But uh, that WrestleMania 2003 match was awesome. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's my number four. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll give you my number three. Uh, my number three is uh, Jericho versus Naito, uh, Wrestle Kingdom thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was a real hard hitting, fucking just. It, it was brutal, man. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Naito is awesome. So uh, that's my number three. Uh, I'm going to give you my number two before we kick it back to you. And it's the rock versus Jericho. No mercy. Oh, one. Uh, that's my number two. So what do you got? Hey man, I, my number three was Jericho versus the rock and no mercy <laughs> as well. Again, t- 2001 was the year of Jericho. Uh, he graduated as Chris Benoit feud, um, and entered into a, a brief feud with the rock. I believe, uh, it was for the WCW title. Um, interestingly enough think about the rock and the wcw title um but again the year of jericho really proven that he was a a guy that was going to hang around with the main eventers Mm -hmm. Um, there was a lot of people not believing in jericho but really loving him and uh this was kind of his start for that so my number two is from wrestle kingdom also but not the same wrestle kingdom uh (laughs) jericho versus uh, kenny omega um i forget what number that was i think it's 14 from 2018 um oh Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Wrestle Kingdom 12. Uh, was that 12? Yeah, because Kenny Omega first and then Naito the next year. That's right. That's right. So anyway, Jericho versus Kenny Omega from uh, Wrestle Kingdom 12. Uh, I think that was the Alpha versus Omega uh, dubbed match, which uh, really yep. lived up to the hype. It was it was some of the fiercest Jericho I remember seeing. Honestly, it was brutal in this match. So uh, my number one is more of a cheat. And I don't, I'd be really interesting to hear what your number one is. Um, but I'm going to cheat and I'm going to say the best night of Jericho ever is from Vengeance in 2001 when Jericho in one night defeated The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin to become the first ever undisputed champion. Um, neither of those matches were like barn burners of matches, but I still am cheating and saying the best night any wrestlers ever had in history is when they can claim uh victory over the rock and Steve Austin in the same night. So what'd you have for number one? My number one is Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, wrestle kingdom 12. That was one of the oh, matches yeah. that brought me back into pro wrestling. Uh, mm-hmm. it was, it was in the slew of, uh, like two or three videos that my buddy sent. Well, you don't see my other hand two or three videos <laughs> it's supposed to be like this <laughs> um that my buddy sent me and kind of got me back in kenny omega just running on okada but then you know wrestle kingdom happened awesome just a fucking amazing match the way jericho you know takes the fucking camera uh is throwing them young boys around uh just 
it, it was just awesome. The table spots, the chair spots, uh, the cold spray spot from Kenny Omega, a million mm-hmm. V triggers. He got that. Uh, he got the walls of Jericho a bunch. Uh, the Lion Tamer once uh, took an amazing one wing angel. That thing compressed the fuck out of Chris Jericho. Uh, Kenny Omega obviously went in that match, but it was it was killer for me. That's my top mm-hmm. Chris Jericho match. I think that's yeah one of my favorite performances in the ring mm-hmm. that he's had. Um, yeah and if, if my if my list wasn't a cheat with that double match at the end there that definitely would have been my number one as well <laughs> phenomenal match well without further ado man let's get into dynamite uh obviously it's chris jericho appreciation night and we had that promo uh you know uh him talking i think this is where they cut in a little bit of the road to stuff talking about uh luther and you know the night of jericho and uh, everything like that so What'd you have on that before we get into this first match? Not much on it. <laughs> all right. First I mean, we knew this. We knew this night was going to be all about Jericho. Oh, just yeah. having having a lot of people come out and just and, and give their support and congratulations. And and it was no shortage of of very famous names. I, when I was watching, I was like, "Damn, I wish I'd been keeping a running list of everybody we've seen." Yeah. So um, we don't have to go through it throughout the entire this uh you know recap there was a lot of celebrities a lot of them cutting promos uh you know just congratulating chris jericho we had kevin smith we had uh paul stanley we had slash uh, slash uh lars from metallica we had mm-hmm. up just a million fucking like rock and roll legends gene simmons uh we had <laughs> ultimo yeah. dragon fucking yeah. awesome hiroshu uh tanahashi uh, Tanahashi, yeah, that was that was really really oh, cool yeah. to see that, dude. You, you see the the New Japan logo in the back, so this might be where we get this uh, from that new you know uh, ownership. president, the new ownership of New Japan Pro Wrestling might be you know okay with working with AEW and seeing the star power that they truly have over in the states. Um, this might be great for them. This might be really fucking good. So hopefully this is this is just a little precursor of what we get to see because I would love to see Okada come in challenging John Moxley for the AEW title. I think it would be an awesome match. Um, but anyways, let's get into this first match. Will Hobbs versus Brian Cage. Two giant massive fucking dudes going at it. Normally I don't like big dude versus big dudes. I think it usually is too slow. Uh, not enough offense, not enough big moves. They get tired quick, and it usually ends with this slow, sloppy slugfest at the end. But this, obviously, Brian Cage being the the luchador uh, that he is with his size, really kind of pulled this man. He pulled he pulled Will Hobbs through, but Will Hobbs had a great outing here. I mean, uh, they he did Brian Cage hit an F five in this? I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> I don't just recall to add seeing a, that five. Dude, he had him up here, spun him out, and fell backwards. I'm almost positive he hit an F5. I think he tossed him. I don't think he like did the whole like He landed arm with link. him. I don't think maybe he didn't like tuck him in, but he yeah. he F5'd him, dude. It was yeah. crazy. Uh that pump handle sit out face slam was dope. Uh but Cage is fucking fast. He is He's like a small guy 
in his brain and, and a huge dude <laughs> outside. You know what I mean? Like he thinks yeah. like a like a luchador. It's really cool uh, pulling out the win with the uh, drill claw. And uh, what'd you have on this? Uh, hoss fest, man. Mm-hmm. And two hosses just going back and forth, and they beat the shit out of each other. Um, I expected uh, Cage to go over here. I think they're clearly behind Will Hobbs, but he's definitely green. Um, he's not going to be a guy that's, you know, pulling a storyline at this point. Um, like you said, he also needs to be paired with the right opponent, I think, to accurately, like, portray who he is in the ring. Um, but interestingly enough, I, you know, you kind of hit all the notes about this match, but I'm thinking about who is he in the ring? Like, what notes does he have to hit? And then a really interesting thing happens after the match. Taz uh, stands up from the behind the announcer booth and he gets on the mic. Ricky Starks comes out there, you know, coming around Will Hobbs like they're going to beat him down. And Taz gives him an offer to join Team Taz. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darby Allen, of course, coming to make the save here. But we've seen it a million times, like seeds that are planted early. You would say, no way, like Will Hobbs has been teaming with Moxley. You know, he's a rah, rah, good guy. But, you know, I think that like he's in a position like turning heel and being associated with guys like Taz and Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, I think it'd be really, really good for his evolution. Um, you know, again, we, as he's trying to find his way in the ring, who he is and stuff like that. Um, I think introducing a little heel tactics to his uh, arsenal, I think would be really good for him. So uh, we'll see if that develops anywhere, but of course not tonight. Darby Allen making the save as, as I said earlier, right? What what if he goes emo? <laughs> emo Will Hobbs? He has emo Will Hobbs with Darby. Oh, yeah, man. It could happen. Uh, I do want to touch on something. So they, they, they put it over on commentary. So Will Hobbs, uh, him and his brother growing up, always wanted to be pro wrestlers. And his brother actually shielded him from gunfire, and that's how he passed away. He literally mm-hmm. died protecting his brother. Um, so, dude... I'm sure you're never going to listen to this podcast, but your brother is definitely smiling, looking down on you, proud. Uh, you should be just ecstatic. Uh, great signing for AEW. I'm ho- hopefully, I don't want to see it turned into a storyline, but hopefully we get to hear him talk and kind of go through the struggles and, and, and feel emotionally connected to Will Hobbs and not just like, holy shit, he's big as fuck. Uh, and actually care about his story and his progression like we have with the other big top stars um, in AEW. So uh, great, great little spot for Will Hobbs for sure. Uh, following this was more celebrity promo stuff. Uh, then we had Lance Archer cutting a promo on Mox, uh, talking about how he's gonna he's gonna take that title. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't get COVID again. <laughs> what do you have on this? I mean. Seen one Lance Archer <laughs> promo, you've seen them all. Yeah, this was uh the dude you know, I the the Heyman worked for Lesnar because Heyman was like so outlandish. Like mm-hmm. there's only so long you can take like menacing like Jake the Snake Robert promos, especially because Lance Archer has lost now twice. Yeah. because uh, he lost hasn't he lost twice or just to Cody the once? He lost to Cody and he lost Did he lose again? No. Did he lose to Brody Lee? No, no. He didn't fight Brody Lee. Okay. Why are we? Well, lost? nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, I, I, yeah, I might be mistaken about that, but uh, he needs it. He needs a new mouthpiece, or he just needs to talk for himself at this point. Um, that's just he, my he, opinion. He talks in this. I just hate when he 
talks like mm-hmm. Stevie from Malcolm in the Middle. It's <laughs> god awful. Uh, <laughs> this promo is all right, man. Uh, let's get into this tag match because there's a lot to take out from this. Uh, I, yeah, it's my turn. <laughs> it's my, my turn. turn here. <laughs> so, yes, we have the 20 minute brush with greatness that we alluded to earlier. It's the match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships between FTR, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler versus the Hybrid 2. Um, man, I. <sighs> I got to be honest with you. Like, I know that some people like really like this match. I'm sure I, I've read where people are grading this match a B. I thought this match was super, super sloppy and not the best from either team, to be honest with you. I thought the storytelling was pretty good. Uh, but you had mentioned how Angelico being the submission specialist, specialist and Jack Evans being the um, a kind of aerial guy. Man, he just looked sloppy very early on in this match. Like, almost to the point where he was putting himself in danger. He was putting his opponent in danger. And I don't, I don't really know what happened, but that really, when I see stuff like that, it really turns me off of a match. Um, so other than that, it was, it was standard FTR stuff. You know, they're wrestling a strong match. They're usually wrestling from underneath. That's not the story they tell um, where they're wrestling from above the entire match. So uh, of course there's a healthy, healthy dosage of Tully Blanchard in this match. Um, uh, you know, eventually, FTR getting the win like we assumed it was. It was kind of a, a splash off the top. It wasn't really like either of their uh, tag team finishers that you've been seeing them do. It was just kind of a, a weird top rope splash for the win. They, um, before we get on to the next portion of this, what do you have on the match? They kind of alluded to the Young Bucks a little bit with something high-flying like that. Suplex mm-hmm. with a splash at the end. Um, I, I mean, there were some good moves in here. There was a big Tiger Driver 91. That was dope. Um but yeah, uh, that 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 flip that he tried to do, Jack Evans. At least he got back up and hit a moon salt as quick as he could, and and tried to recover from it. There was a lot of sloppy stuff, but at the same time, dude, it's hot down there. Uh, these guys are probably getting gassed pretty fucking quick. I don't want to give them mm-hmm. too much credit because it. I mean, FTR did their thing. They looked. I think they looked. Yeah, I think they looked better out of the two, but I also don't think Jack Evans and Angelico work that real snug. Let's beat the shit out of you style. They work the more safe, high flying. You know what I mean? I just don't think they were ready for it. They didn't mesh well. I don't think this match meshed well. Like I said, I read someone give it a B, I think, on Bleacher Report, and I was like, I did not get that from this. But Yeah, uh, it was definitely a, a low. I mean, some of the kicks even looked soft from Angelico. Like, it just didn't look as fluent as I I would have hoped for yeah. at all. Uh, right. Yeah, after this match, we had uh, the further descent into heeldom of the Bucks. Uh, super kicking the cameraman for seemingly no reason. Um, <laughs> and then best friends coming out uh, to taunt FTR. They had the hysterical little vignette on the video screen of FTR being wieners and wearing the belts around them. That's a new uh, t-shirt. They had them. Yeah. I should say then they were had it on their t-shirt uh, when they came out, which I thought was great. Um, it's I on, can't wait. Uh, it's on pro wrestling tees.com now. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't wait to order that shirt. Um, <laughs> They just came out and said it. We're trying to say you guys are weenies. <laughs> so anyway, um, they essentially announced their number one contendership for the tag belts, said they're going to use it, and we get an announcement that next week um, they are going to be wrestling for the AEW World Champion- Tag Championships against the FTR. What would you have on this? 
dude, best friends look good holding them belts, man. They really did. I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping FTR is, might be just a segue to a segue because we know the Bucks are coming from the the belt soon, man. They have to be finally get these heel uh, Bucks. I'm hoping it's not at full gear. I hope we get some good matches at full gear. But I'm hoping all out is where the Bucks take back the belts. I hope we get this extended storyline where the Bucks are fucking assholes to everybody, really kicking the shit out of people. And uh, I just don't want to see FTR lose the belts already at full gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the best friends really do look good. I mean, it's it's really hard because the Lucha Bros would look good with the belts. Like this this tag division is so stacks. Stacks, stacked. You don't really know who, who you want as, you know the the tag champs because everybody's awesome. When Kenny and Hangman were the tag champs, I'm like, well, at least I know these are two top stars. They deserve some sort of gold around their waist, and I loved that uh, their title well, run. It was kind of fucked up with COVID, but um, the Bucks, yeah, man, but the, the Bucks need them. But you gotta you gotta know that. As much as I hate to say it and like, you know, I want to be like a super jaded person about like the particulars of how storylines are told, you know, at this point you have two face and two heel champions. You have John Moxley and Hikaru Shida as the face singles champions. You have FTR and um, Brody Lee as the uh, heel champions with the TNT title. We'll see what happens with that later on uh, on Dynamite. But you can kind of always tell where they're going to go. So, like, say Cody does recapture the title later tonight. Like, are you then going to see best friends take the titles? You're going to have four face champions, and then like all storylines are kind of similar storylines on the heels being the dastardly heels versus the champions. So, mm-hmm. unfortunately, they do kind of get painted into corners sometimes with that. Yeah. Um, so kind of seeing what other outcomes are going to be, you know, maybe precursors of what may or may not happen, you know, for the, for future matches. So, uh, that's all I got on that. We had some more after this match. Uh, we had a video package of MJF offering his tribute to Chris Jericho. There were some more people, et cetera, et cetera, but I know you're ready to dig into this next match. Oh, so have dude. at it. The American nightmare. Cody, the Prince of Pro Wrestling versus oh yeah, the Exalted One, Mr. Brody Lee, uh, the TNT champion at this time. Uh, dude, dog collar match. This was fucking brutal. This got so much time. Uh, there were so many spots to even like talk about. Cody's new gear is fucking dope. That blacked out uh, gear is awesome. I know you, you're always looking at me like, why are you talking about their gear? Dude, for some reason, gear has always been a big thing for me. If their gear looks like shit and they look like shit, their haircut looks like shit. I, I don't feel like they're larger than life. You know, these big, um, pro wrestlers, if they come out looking sloppy, I'm like, well, why the fuck should I care about you? You don't even care about your appearance. You know what I mean? It's some, it's just a little thing oh, yeah. like with the female yeah, wrestlers, I- if the female wrestlers don't look on point uh you know we we it's like we automatically dock them just a tad bit um anyways cody's gear looked awesome dog collar match i haven't watched too many of them except for recently after they announced it i'm like what the fuck is a dog collar match because i don't remember them being in like the the attitude era a lot during you know wwf programming um but I saw some great ones, Eddie Kingston and uh, Ethan Page. And then I recently watched the 
the one that they alluded to uh uh shit that the roddy the, piper <laughs> greg yeah greg valentine roddy piper match yeah so i watched that one that one was dope uh, this match was fucking awesome dude pulling the chain uh from the top rope uh you know pulling cody down was just i mean so many good spots from these guys uh you know pulled into a cutter off the apron uh i literally wrote fuck this is awesome uh <laughs> the package pile driver in the picture in picture through that table it was such a missed spot to be like big this like i wish the refs maybe would have told him like hey dude we're still in picture in picture uh don't you know don't blow your whole wad right now <laughs> Uh, but nonetheless, it, it just kept going, dude. Uh, there was a lot of stuff on the outside, but they really used that chain well. Cody kept every punch, wrapped his fist up, smashed again. They both had these crimson red faces throughout the match. It was bloody. It was like 30 fucking minutes long. Brody Lee kicked out of a fucking crossroads uh, with a one count. Uh, I mean... Final reckoning. Cody hit a final reckoning in this. Owed to his fucking brother, like, getting one back for for Dustin. And I did not expect Cody to win this at all. I didn't. (laughs) I thought, something's going to happen. Brody Lee's going to (laughs) win. I didn't. Uh, And then Crossroads for the win. Fuck yes. Uh, And then Cody cuts this amazing fucking promo. Like, I'm not going to be a heel just because of my look change. I'm here for you guys. You're here for us, Cody. You're here for us. Okay. Now, what did you have on this match? (laughs) It was a little corny promo. Um, Yeah, the no-sell of the first Crossroads I thought was, like, awesome. I thought that really, really played up to, like, who the Exalted One is supposed to be. He's supposed to be this, like, imposing figure that's, like, doesn't Mm -hmm. die. You know what I'm saying? So, um, this was... Dude, this was a war. (laughs) This was a war. And I do want to talk about this picture-in-picture thing, actually, for a second. Um, I've been thinking about this. I agree with you, but as a consumer, you know, conceivably, they're going to go back on the road again. Mm-hmm. Like they're really creating this, like you have to be there to see it, like kind of environment. Because, you know, when you're in WWE, if you, I don't know if you've gone to a live WWE event. You know, I've, I've been to I've several been over to the anything. past decade, um, and you can tell live when they're on commercial. Like when you're sitting there watching, like, oh, like this must be a commercial break, you know, because like the action definitely slows down. Nothing noteworthy happens, but like. When you're watching AEW, especially when you can see the picture in picture, you're seeing like, mm-hmm. okay, some like ser- super serious shit that like is, you know, predicates like the outcome of this match. Like, again, it creates this like you got to be there to see it kind of vibe. So I like what they're doing. I do hate that the table spot was missed in that picture in picture. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't hear the audio from it. You know, I'm like, I would have liked to hear that happen. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm a guy who, like I said, watches on mute half the time, but like, I definitely had the volume on during this match. Um, you know, watching it, eyes glued to it the whole time. Like I said, it was a war too many spots to count. I mean, just masterful and artful use of the chain gimmick. I mean, they, they used it perfectly. Um, I had alluded earlier in this podcast episode about its weird spot that happened. That was the only blemish on this match. Well, actually there's two blemishes. The one was again, the missed super kick because I don't know if the chain got in the way or if he slipped over the chain or they were just in a weird spot. I can't remember which, I think Brody Lee missed the super kick and then came back and yeah, Cody gave him the space to get the super kick right after that. Um, and then that brutal power bomb onto the chain. 
It was so brutal. <laughs> like both guys took a beating. My second qualm with this match was I was very frustrated from a visual aspect that it was very clearly fake blood because it dried and wore off of Cody's face by the end of the match. When he gave that interview, like if that was real blood, like your skin is going to be stained red. Like my only problem with that was by the time he gave his interview, all the fake blood that was on him had pretty much like worn off from like the sweat or whatever they were doing during their match. Like that, it was definitely not real blood. Are that was sure? all I was saying. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A hundred percent sure. I am a hundred percent confident of that. Like I rewatched that. And like I said, if you, if you look at it, it looks like it was like paint washed off. Cause like I said, if that's blood, like that doesn't just come off. Like that really stains your skin. It takes a while to come off. Yeah. You know? maybe. And, it's, and it smears. It doesn't chip off like paint. Hmm. What would they so, use? I don't know. Blood packs. Who knows? I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. I guess you know. It, I felt like their it... blood. If you look, if you look closely, their blood was identical in color. They were both like super fire engine red, and that's not how people's blood look. When Dustin bled at in their match, yeah. when both Cody and Dustin bled at their it was match, more, like, more crimson. You're right. Yeah, way darker, way way like thicker, like as mm-hmm. far as like the viscosity of it is concerned. So that was again from a visual from someone who's watching that match. I'm like, oh, it's so intense! Like they're beating the shit out of each other, they're bleeding, and like all of a sudden at the end of this match, like this guy who just got the shit beat out of him and was supposedly bleeding from his head, like has no blood on him whatsoever anymore, and somehow we're supposed to believe that the gash stopped because we all saw that Rhodes versus Rhodes match. That blood did not stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really it didn't. didn't. He it cut just, way too it just, deep and just fucked it. He fucked it just up. didn't stop. So I think, especially on TNT, I'm not surprised to see that. But other than that, again, this was a fucking war. Oh, yeah. War of attrition, awesome. if you will. Um, definitely worth going back and seeing. There was like a car crash, too many spots to even talk about here. Just do yourself a favor. Just go back and rewatch that match. So, um, Right after this uh, match, you know, they interview Cody. Like you said, he cuts a promo on being, you know, not a heel. I thought it was a really peculiar and corny kind of promo. I, I think loved it's, it. I think I think it's more foreshadowing that he's <laughs> definitely going to turn heel, to be honest with you. I know you think Cody will never be heel. Uh, he was almost the same crying, dude. He was so. Listen. He oh, was my so God. Give me a break. Man. I'm he, so thankful to Cody, like as a human being, like so thankful. Uh, I'm just I think I'm still trying to figure out like the line between like his his character and versus like who he is as a person, because I think he will evolve as a wrestling character to be more than just the baby face who brought pro wrestling back. You know what I'm saying? I think people are going to be able to separate who Cody is as a character because they they're just good at that. You know what I'm saying? They're they're I don't know. That's just me. I could be completely wrong. He could be a baby face forever. So uh, we find out from there that his first competitor next week is going to be none other than your boy, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. Uh, he comes out clearly indicating, oh, whatever. Get out of here. <laughs> I like Orange take Cassidy. That. I have He's going to take that. Him. He's going to take that belt next week. You just yep. watch Orange Cassidy. You're the TNT championship. You heard it here first from the freshly squeezed Orange Zachity. And then right after that, we have find out three more names for the AEW world championship tournament for the number one contendership spot. We have the F 10 given machine Wardlow, who I guess is can fight for AEW at MJF's behest because MJF gives him his paycheck. Um, 
Colt Boom Boom Cabana. That seems like a sure first round loss. <laughs> and <laughs> sorry, did I say that? <laughs> and none other than uh, your boy Hangman Adam Page. So no surprises there. Yep. Um, get into Kenny Omega's reaction on this. Yeah, I mean that promo from him was uh, definitely one of his newer promos, not a not of his o- older promos. Uh, who he was in, in in New Japan Pro Wrestling and who he is here. I just don't think he has found his footing yet, like his voice mm. in America. Because in Japan, it's way different. Everything, I mean, they really listen over there. Here, we're like, amp me up, get me ready, like let's let's get this thing going. Uh, I just don't think he found that yet. Maybe we just haven't haven't seen it really from him yet. Uh, what do you have mm. on this? Yeah, and I think people are ready to hear that because Moxley tells most of his stories in pre-tape vignettes and live mics. And his and there's a very distinct difference between those promos. His his pre-taped ones are way more cerebral, very calculated, much calmer. And usually when he's got a live mic, that's when he's more intense. So I think people are willing to buy that. But Moxley's confidence is through the roof. You know it. You know it. He he and Cody both are just and mm-hmm. Kingston, all three of them. Like their confidence is just through the fucking roof right now. So you you do get a sense that Kenny does not have that confidence at the moment. But you never know if maybe that's supposed to be part of his character. Mm-hmm. I think we all know he can turn it on when he's ready. He's the fucking cleaner, man. Like he's the fucking cleaner. It's the same dude there. So again, I think this is all I think this is all character progression before he gets full cleaner um good good promo inevitably they're gonna have their match you're on mute buddy yeah my everything was going crazy the dog was barking so when he started talking about (laughs) wings no it's just i didn't know what to do i I get it i get it but Uh, i'm just saying like (laughs) i think I, I think it was interesting to hear Kenny Omega call Adam Page a tag team wrestler in this pro in oh, this yeah. promo. I thought he's definitely I, that was like shots fucking fired. Oh yeah, he's definitely cutting deep, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll see what comes out of this man for sure. Uh, after that, we get right into Serena D versus uh, Big Swole. Uh, mm-hmm. Serena is definitely going to carry this match. Um, she looked great here. There was a lot of sloppiness from Big Swole again, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to think of this. Uh, they're pushing her really hard, and she's supposed to be this big, great wrestler. And 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 I I believe in Big Swole. I like her story. I like her gear, her gimmick, uh, everything. I just I want to see her perform. Uh, you know, dirty dancing for the win, like she usually does. But the I don't have a lot on this match other than Serena Deeb will carry this match. I called it before it started, yeah. and yeah. she did. She really did. Uh, she was great in this match. Uh, great signing for AEW. What'd you have? Yeah, I had the same note that Serena Deeb carried this match. Um, I even think the announcers put her over as being a champion in multiple different promotions, yep. um, which was actually a good job. I think a lot of people are not familiar with Serena Deeb. I certainly was not pre-AEW days. Um, she carried this match. Swole, like you said, the, um, the sloppier she looks, the less I buy into her character. Yeah, it's it's really true. Like inevitably, um, you know, she's getting the win. She's the number two contender. We're recording this on a Friday. It's been announced today that uh, Big Swole will be facing Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's Championship next week at the 
one year anniversary show mm-hmm. of Dynamite, which is a rather peculiar match. Conceivably, you have a face versus face. Um, uh, you know, they really haven't been seen interacting with each other much. It just seems like kind of like, hey, you're the number one contender, so let's have yeah. a match kind of thing. So I, I really don't have much invested in that other than the fact that I'm excited to see Hikaru Shida kick somebody's ass, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, she's got a win. Great, yeah, there's, there's great no signing win. for AEW with Serena Deeb. Um, yep. She's going to be relevant for a long time. So I'm excited to see more of her and uh, get her more familiar with this women's roster. I think eventually, you know, we see um, a title reign in her future. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So um, after this, we we cut into an awesome, awesome John Moxley promo. You want to talk about cerebral? You want to talk about cunning and calculated John oh, yeah. Moxley? He does such a fucking great job of putting over his opponent. And it also just goes to show you, like, he is so comfortable with who he is. Like, going through, like, hey, look, I'm the dude with the thing. At any time, a snap of a finger, this could be over. And it, that fact, does not get lost on him. <laughs> and he he cuts this awesome promo on Lance Archer, essentially daring him. He's like, I fucking dare you to take this title. Oh, yeah. And then using his own line <laughs> at the end of it that everybody dies. And then taking a shot. It's just like, oh, Oh, somebody give this guy an award. <laughs> There's a masterful performance. Like John Moxley's it, man. He he's he's number one rated in, in in the world right now for a reason. He's he is the best in the business right now, all in all at promo and in ring ability. I, I could watch this dude forever, man. Oh yeah. I I hope uh I hope this Lance Archer thing doesn't this isn't a way for him to give up the title. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I think this title needs to uh stay here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what are they? Mm-hmm. They're wrestling next week, right? Yeah, next Wednesday. Yeah, keep this till full full gear. Have the uh, whoever wins this tournament go for the title. Give it to somebody else. Don't give it to Lance. He's he's he doesn't deserve it, in my opinion. He really doesn't. He's, no, he's I could see Eddie. I could see Kingston taking it from Mox. Honestly, his in ring work it, doesn't really a, a no. bruiser giving the title to another bruiser. I think we need. He, Somebody who can who can go the distance all the time for our next champion, a big spectacle like a Kenny Omega or so? a that's, Hangman Adam That's Page. why I think there's going to be a transitional champion. I really do. I I Maybe. really think that they you could see like um, a Kingston's you know faction getting involved and costing Moxley the win, and Kingston just kind of being the placeholder until you know Omega takes it or whomever. I don't know. Yeah. I could see it going down any number of ways. I think the best bet to keep us all watching is keeping it as unpredictable as possible. Yeah, for I sure. I think dragging it out to like the event, inevitable Kenny Omega clash, I think is too cliche. I don't, I think they're too smart to go that route. I really do. Maybe. Uh, well, other, other than that, let's get into this last segment. Cause this was, uh, oh. this was built up Yo. man as this great fucking match, you know, Luther and Serpentico, the chaos project versus Jericho get- and Hager. Can we give two different grades on this match? I think like a concept and effort grade and then an actual like result and outcome grade. Um, how about we just tell you that it, it, Judas effect for the win. <laughs> it was all over the place, man. It went, uh, it was only like 15 to 16 minutes. So they shouldn't have got as tired as they looked. Luther looks oh, yeah. like he just got so gassed. Uh, maybe it was they the pressure. They look like they had been drinking all night. <laughs> maybe. Maybe celebrating Champagne. 30 years. Uh, yeah. 
30 shots before your match. <laughs> yeah. Holy Yo, shit. Serpensico, Serpensico looked better than anybody in this match. Yeah, he did. He, he really uh, did. He looked great. Um, I mean. Jericho, look, Jericho looked slow compared to Serpensico. Luther looked even slower compared to Jericho, which is saying a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I, I. Go ahead. I was just going to say they they clearly were trying to build up Luther prior to this and Chaos Project prior to this. Mm-hmm. Um, Jericho has been a staunch defender of, of Luther, obviously, for a long time. It's something that you've mentioned in the past. And I think they really clearly wanted to give him his chance to like shine. But it's like a decade too late. He was like a decade slow Yep. in this match is what it felt like. It was like, man, this guy cannot carry a match. This guy is not selling well. He just looks sloppy and just looks like a dangerous situation for everybody involved. So um, I was relieved to see it end. The Judas effect, like you said, for the win, one, two, three. A for effort. I, I totally get what they were trying to do here. They were trying to create a care for, you know, somebody that Jericho obviously cares deeply about and somebody that's been important to the re- independent wrestling scene for a long time. But, like, um, they put him in just a spot that was too big. Um and I just I was really disappointed to see that that was the match to cap off the Jericho 30. Um, but what did make me laugh at the end was the SNL ending with Chris Jericho <laughs> on every name. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they had a really cool ending, actually. You know, MJF coming out and gives Jericho a present, uh, which is mm-hmm. a clown, which Jericho hates clowns. And he smashes him with a painting and gives him the most brutal Judas effect I've seen he fucked that clown up, dude. It was stiff as shit. Then all the heels. I, I thought it was everybody coming out, but it was just the heels. Just all the, the heels, he- yeah, yeah. All the heels came out to celebrate with Jericho. Uh, the SNL finish with Jericho being the cameraman, the executive producer, all of it uh, was really mm-hmm. fucking cool. Um, yeah, that was good. it was a good way to end Dynamite on that aspect. The match didn't really do it for me. Uh, I really had the first thing I wrote down was please Jericho make me care about Luther from this point on. Uh, and he didn't, it didn't pull through. It was, I mean, it was there. It wasn't really much. It really wasn't. I can't even tell you highlights cause I was bored. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't much to this. <laughs> and and I, again, I hated for this to be like the match that was supposed to be the celebration of Jericho's 30. Yeah. Um, I think it'll leave people wondering. Uh, it's leaving me wondering, and and I'm not saying that he's not capable of it, but does Jericho have one more great match in him? You know, we'll I, I think Can... once it cools down, Jericho would definitely get back on top. But the heat really gets to somebody who's you know his age. So uh, we'll see when things cool down and, and fucking <laughs> his age and <laughs> uh, in, in Florida delicate. down there. Uh, they get hot real quick, man. It's that's mm-hmm. that probably sucks. Um, but without further ado, let's get right into. Oh, you already pushed the button. <laughs> the official <laughs> match of the week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the official match of the week. I don't really think we have different matches of the week. Uh, it is the TNT Championship match. Cody Rhodes. Don't call him Rhodes. Uh, versus Brody Lee. Cody. Cody bleep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, this match was amazing. Definitely match yeah. of the week for me. Maybe match of the month. It was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. 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 No complaints here. Yeah. That, that was Go yours too. And... <laughs> yeah, dude. Of course. Oh, okay, I mean, good. <laughs> I, I mean, it was, 
a phenomenal match. I'm trying to think back to there was one match that I really liked on Dark. Um but I mean it was it was obviously nowhere near um the dog collar match. Just obviously like you said, very early in the month. Um but potential match of the month which we yeah. never did for september by the way so we did think about that and we'll get that to, we'll get to that next week <laughs> no we won't we'll forget <laughs> um, whoa hey what? i just want to talk to you real quick we got a couple minutes before we sign off here um i just want to get your opinions on next week i kind of want to get your predictions we have a lot we have titles on the line oh, every yeah. title is on the line next week we got a big show um History would say that some that a title's moving hands next week is what history is going to tell us. Well, I mean, we have what every title on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think except she'd... for FTW. Yeah, I didn't even call that match the FTW Championship match, Will Hobbs versus Brian Cage, because it's not a real championship in AEW. Um, so, <laughs> I think uh, Sheeta's keeping it. I think Cody's keeping it. I think FTR is keeping it. And I think Mox is keeping it. <laughs> clean sweep for the champs, huh? Yeah, I think it's clean sweep. And we move on to full gear to actually change potentially one or two. Um, I'm thinking we're changing Mox at full gear. And I think we're changing Hikar Shida at full gear. Um, hmm. Maybe Cody this next time. But what what do you got? I was trying to throw you off my scent, but I actually completely agree. <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think a title's changing hands next week. Um, I do think that Mox will potentially drop at full gear. Um, we'll wait to see what that program looks like um, before I give my final prediction on that. But uh, one would have to assume that Sheeta's going to keep and Nyla Rose is the next competitor. Um, but I think uh, she announced earlier this week and she reminded us that she is now officially the longest reigning AEW Women's Champion in history right now. So currently both of our uh singles champions are the uh i'm sorry both the men's and women's champions are the longest mm-hmm. reigning in history of aew at the moment yeah that's uh definitely awesome uh mm-hmm. well that does it for us guys you know where to find us uh, you can find me at jayingler88 on twitter uh at 100 elite pod for the official 100 elite uh twitter page you can find zach at Orange Zachity, O-R-A-N-G-E-Z-A-C-I-T-Y. Uh, and don't forget to check this out on YouTube. If you're listening to the audio version, uh, you can see me and Zach. That's about it. Um, and then check out the the song Edge Music. Uh, find it on YouTube, uh, and you can go bug the shit out of him. All of his uh, links will be in the description now. I am actually going to fill out a full description. They'll all be links. It'll be a lot better. <laughs> I'm really bad at this stuff. Uh but other than that, um, I think that does it for us. See ya. We are many, you are one, we have plenty. You have some, you're taking this so serious, but I'm only doing this for fun. You're walking backwards while I run, met with doubt because you're out done. Open my mouth as I erupt, regretting what you just begun. You're never stopping me, you're never stopping this. You never saw me coming, but you must acknowledge this. So I'll just bring the heat and leave them powerless to try to step to me. So maybe you should crawl a bit. You're